0: Hi, and welcome back to the Village Trader Podcast. I'm a host in Jabalinta Band. This podcast is aimed at helping new and experienced traders navigate the market and learn from other traders. This is episode number 63. In this week's episode, I'm chatting with a portfolio manager from Momentum Securities, Wayan Hi, Good afternoon, man. How are you doing? Good in yourself. How are you? Good, good. Did I say your name correctly?
1: Uh, It's Vian, but a lot of people pronounce it wine, Uh, so it's nothing (laughs) out of the ordinary.
0: (laughs) Okay, no, sorry, chatting with Vian van Van Vijk.
1: That's it, yeah.
0: Cool, cool. Um, Man, before we get started, man, can you take me through how you landed yourself into the financial markets?
1: So I remember in one of my first economic classes when I was still a student was the introduction to a concept called the money multiplier effect. And in essence, this basically just speaks to how to spend money and investing money and ultimately the the fact that it creates more money within the financial system. And I was immediately fascinated in how I can use this to my advantage in my everyday life. That's basically what made me decide to go into the side of the into
0: this industry. Uh, I got you. So, did you did you um go straight into into trading and investing, or um did you went through the analysis route first? So
1: neither. So I actually started um, straight out of high school uh, with admin, doing filing and paperwork. And then as I progressed in my studies, I t- took on more and more responsibility until ultimately I was. Um, Brought into the the trading sh- side and portfolio management side of things, um, into momentum securities. So it was a it was a starting at the bottom and wo- working away to where I am today.
0: Ah no, got you, got you. Um, so you you wrote an interesting piece around um, behavioral finance, um, um, particularly around um, behavioral biases that we we have um, as traders and investors. Um, what what you know, which we'll, we'll get to in a moment, but um, what sparked the interest uh, into, into the psychology side of things, human behavior and biases um, as they apply to the markets? What, what sparked that interest in t- to you?
1: So yeah, I would say it's twofold. So firstly, when working with your own money, uh, you need to be able to identify your emotions and your emotional behaviors and how they can impact your decision-making process. And ultimately um, within this decision-making process, if you experience the overall biases that will ultimately um, impact your investment goals over the long-term. And then on the second side or furthermore to that is when working with clients' investments, uh, you need to be able to identify their biased behaviors and be able to educate them uh, on what you experience if I have experienced in the past and how they can overcome these emotions uh to have a more effective uh, route forward in order to achieve their financial goals
0: uh, no got you got you got you so let's let's um get straight into into these these major biases that you 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 penned down um starting with hurt head mentality um can we can we take us through um through that bias like what causes it Um, and how it manifests itself in in, in the market or in behavior, and how can we overcome it?
1: So the herd mentality basically comes down to people following trends that they're seeing within markets. Typically, the biggest thing we need to take note of is once you hear it in the elevator, it's probably too late. So this can be harmful in the ways that Uh, making a decision on herd mentality or following a trend um, doesn't necessarily fit into your specific goal of your portfolio. Um, A spike in trends trends that you see maybe just as quickly uh, come back in a downturn. So the, the most important thing to try and avoid this type of bias is to find out what happened, why it happened, why is there this sudden uptick in a specific share price, and go and ultimately um, dis- distinguish for yourself if this is going to be sustainable over long term before making an investment decision with regards to trends, and following the herd mentality.
0: No, I no, catch. Gotcha. And you know, uh, sometimes it could be uh, hard to 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 differentiate between just following following the herd and the. Or following the, the, the old advice that we always get, especially particularly as traders, that you know you must follow the trend, um, and, and that sort of thing. How do you distinguish um, between, uh, or how do you know that you're just following the herd, or you're doing the right thing by following the trend at 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 any um uh, at any moment in time?
1: So it's not necessarily always a bad thing to to follow a trend, especially if there's um, reason behind it. So the the best way to distinguish between the two is to first go and decide what your investment goals are, decide on the route that you want to invest into, um, and then ultimately go and make a decision of what underlying um, shares you want to include in that investment. So if a current trend fits into your portfolio um, and it's sustainable over the long term, there's nothing that says you can't Slot into that trend and try and make uh, the most of it, but still staying cautious about when would be the right time to get out of the market when you feel that this is now becoming overvalued. Um, it's still just following a trend that's not sustainable over the long term and making that ultimate decision for yourself whilst doing the research to do that.
0: Oh, yes. So, so, so almost like, um, uh, you know, to have your own reasons before. Uh, uh, you know, seeing what's happening in the market, having your own reasons. But for example, having reasons to buy a stock, maybe it's cheap, maybe it's a good dividend payer, or whatever the case may be, and having the trend the, or the market trend um, support you as as um, wind at the back. Yeah, am, am I correct? In, in, in your-
1: that's that's hundred percent correct. Yes, I would agree with that. Just setting your goals and sticking to your goals is the most important.
0: Oh, okay, got you, got you and you on, on the second one you, you say familiar, fami, oh this word familiarity can set your growth back. um can we expand a little bit further on that?
1: so uh what usually happens is people tend to continuously invest in the same companies, the same sectors, the same trends um and what ultimately happens is sometimes is that they experience low returns because of this. Um, This can be caused by business cycle downturns or just the blunt fact that the company is not relevant anymore. And the best way to combat uh, this type of um, investment bias would be to review uh, the companies you invest into, the sector you're investing into, and try and stay on top of if they're still relevant. Um, Is there potential growth within the company? Um and accept the fact that the investment market is always evolving, and we as investors need to continuously evolve with that.
0: know ah, got you got you so the 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 herd mentality and you know when you when you further um add in with with familiarity they they kind of go hand in hand, for example. Um, nespers, nespers has been a darling for off the market for quite a while until you know in a recent while maybe uh, the past couple of years hasn't done nothing really much it's just been oscillating in a in a in a rage bound environment um because of 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 I suppose we can get stuck in that head mentality and that familiarity, uh, a uh, mentality, and 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 uh, ending up uh, underperforming the market because of you know sitting around what what's familiar to 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 us. What do you think causes, um, you know, because it's it's evident that certain you know certain markets or certain stocks have lost their favor with the markets. At times, it can be quite obvious. Um, why do you think causes? People to stay to stick with the 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 bets, nonetheless, even when there's evidence contrary to, um, you know, to 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 the thesis, as it were.
1: So there's a couple of things, and there's actual um, other biases that speak exactly to to what you're mentioning now. But I think the the biggest thing would be is that clients that have been investing in the markets for a long period of time um, have made good money on those stocks. And they call it um, basically confirmation biased where they've been, um, been making money years on years on years. And now for the last couple of years, they haven't been seeing the growth potential, the growth coming through in the shares, especially like in last bash. Um, typically people get caught stuck in a, um, basically get stuck um, keeping, the exposures into the same portfolios uh, where they should have been moving on uh, the last couple of years, but it's because of that past performance that they feel that the company is still going somewhere.
0: No, nah, and, well, and what are some of the, the 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 examples that you see in the market right now that you know, or some of the themes that are purely just driven by herd mentality and and familiarity um, a, a bias that you that you think might you know at the tail end of their boom?
1: So I think uh, the market-wide, it's, it's very difficult to distinguish a single point or uh, something like that within the market. Um, humans are emotional creatures, and each person experiences their own um, behavioral biases or investment biases. So. And that's why it's so important to go and educate yourself on what the vast majority of biases are. So you can self, I would say self-diagnose uh, what you are doing wrong before going forward within your investment strategies. First, educate yourself of the different type of biases, and then you can self-reflect and see I'm experiencing this type of bias. And this is how I should move forward to prevent that going forward. So it's not, Specifically, uh, these biases that you see every single day, it's just the the, the four, I would say, main ones that I wanted to discuss um, Mm -hmm. that typically are the most difficult to overcome in a certain sense.
0: Ah, I got you, got you. And the next one is uh, uh, one I I, I see a lot, particularly on, on, on Twitter and the like, which is overconfidence um and especially after come at, at the back of, of of a strong year like we heard last year um, um the top 40 are going up 24 percent. so there's a lot of stuff that we're going up this past year and people are just oozing confidence in in, in their stock picks um some of them justified confidence and some of them uh, um ill-advised confidence um so I suppose past performance is 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 the main cause of 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 this this kind of uh, a bias. Can we can we you know take us further on on, on the overconfidence bias?
1: Yeah, so this is uh, like you said, this is probably the most rev- relevant bias behavior that uh, I have seen, specifically uh, with clients. Um, doing their own stock picks and moving forward is typically where investments, uh, investors have unreasonable faith in their own abilities. Uh, and usually this leads to uh, the problems it can lead to is increased trading activities, which can increase your costs. Um, it can basically concentrate your portfolio where they uh, take away the diversification of the portfolio because they feel that the information they have and the ability they have uh, to execute on the information um, is well more sustainable than what it actually is. So I would say the best way to try and avoid this type of bias is to be honest with yourself on whether you achieve, what you achieved was because of the information you had and your ability, or was it just sheer luck? Um, a, a famous uh, saying was always never confuse a bull market with a brain market, <laughs> and that's always something to think about.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 it you know, I, I found it hard to to um distinguish between the two. Um you know, to, to differentiate between what what contributes or or to distinguish between skill and luck um in, 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 in analyzing um a, 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 a an outcome. How, like one of, what are some of the things that you or some of the triggers uh, um, uh, uh, that you, you can speak of that, you know, once you hear yourself saying these kind of words, just know that you are more on the overconfident side or ill-advised type of confidence or when you're saying these type of words or what are some of the key signs that, um, the, the the confidence that you have, because you need confidence, you need that conviction coming into the markets. Um, you know, what are some of the things that tell me as a trader or an investor that, um, Particularly retail, retailer and and and, 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 and 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 the new in the newbie that says the the confidence you have right now is ill advised and the confidence that you have is is, is well advised. Um, how how can I distinguish between what was skill and what was lacking like in an outcome?
1: So I would say that the the biggest thing is firstly to do self reflection um, and to decide for yourself if if you're busy. Um, Overinflating your abilities. Um, I would say the best way to determine if you are successful and busy um, experience good returns because of the, the ability that you have is obviously consistency. Um, having a good year last year doesn't necessarily reflect consistency uh, within your abilities. So before going out and to talk about your um recent trading activities and the successes you've had which is great we want to share that I think uh, we all want to do that is first determine have you been successful continuously year after year um, over a rolling five year seven year period because that's what we we expect in an equity market. and then just basically self-reflection. If, if you bought a stock based on a hint you got from somebody else, uh, that's not necessarily your ability. That's a hint you got or a tip you got from someone else. Uh, that doesn't speak necessarily to your own abilities as a stock picker.
0: I know, got you. And do you have any uh, um, story or experience with regards to overconfidence um, that, that you, you paid a, a, a painful price for?
1: I would say uh, just being a uh, professional in the investment industry as well, uh, I can see a lot of people experiencing that as investment professionals as well. they overconfidence overconfident um, with their stock picking abilities or their trading abilities. Um, so what I've experienced recently was a, a client that bought a share, let's say, at 20 rand, sold it at 120 within three months, which was a great return. Um, At the end of the day, it ended up buying more because you still felt like the trend was gonna continue and it dropped down to 10. So at the end of the day, that's the the most recent experience I've had with a specific client. Um, And they typically say that it was not their their input, but it was uh, (laughs) factors that they couldn't control that ended up um, giving the outcome that it gave. Uh, which is not necessarily the the problem. The the problem was the overconfidence biased uh, that he's he was busy um, experiencing himself, and didn't have the the substantial or the honesty with himself to to diagnose it um, early enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that uh, uh, that th- that type of response is I have found it to be quite typical um, when especially when you're chatting to someone about a a significant loss. Um. They always cite something outside of them. Um. Uh, w- w- what do you think causes this um l- lack of taking responsibility uh, among amongst investors and traders, and how how to overcome that that kind of thing?
1: So the, the, the now that you mention it, it, you also always only hear about the client successes and a very few um, losses. Um, so that speaks to another another problem that we might have is also overconfidence. Uh, we start lying to yourself so much that you start believing it because um, you're not honest about the the losses that you've experienced as well. I would say the, the best route uh, to overcome this type of bias is Again, and I'm going to stick to this uh, time in and time out is to try and set a goal for yourself and implement your investment strategy in order to obtain that goal. If your goal is ten years away, you are able to take the amount of risk necessary because you have the the, the necessary time available. If your investment goal is only six months or one year away. Um, Don't try and speculate within the markets because you're going to burn your fingers.
0: No, no, got you, got you. And the 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 last one of the top four uh, biases was attachment bias, and you know I can attest to 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 this. um, You know I bought a stock and I was so attached to it, and eventually I capitulated um in and, and sold the stock Cause it just you know uh the attachment to the stock was built by how I got the recommendation it was from a close friend he believed in the valuations and uh, et cetera et cetera um and I ended up ca- capitulating and, and and selling the stock and you know moments maybe a few days after that capitulation, the stock shot straight up um can can we can we uh you know elaborate further on this attachment bias and what causes it? Um, and like, what what are some of the characteristics that it has manifested itself in your portfolio?
1: So I would say, tracking bias is very similar to a familiar familiarity bias, um, and it usually occurs when investors are unwilling to sell a share because of either they worked for that company for years and years and years, or like you said, they got it from a, a friend and they they want to keep uh, keep it within their portfolio. Um, it comes down to loyalty. Um, clients experiencing loyalty to a specific company. That's why they keep the shares and they never want to sell it. Um, You should always be aware that a share or a company will never love you back the way you love it, (laughs) uh, for example, in in this type of attachment bias. Uh, And you need to remember uh, that you don't owe loyalty to any company or asset or share. And you need to be able to make that decision about when is the right time after doing your analysis on a company and making a stern decision uh, to either sell the company or hold the company and have reinforcing um, evidence as to why you're making your decision.
0: No, no, got you. You know, um, retail investors um, have a lot of of uh, um, unfortunate behaviors or unfortunate habits, especially when it comes to to money and, and and building their investment portfolios. But what what are some of the good behaviors that you've seen? Um, you know, in in your circles or, or on social media, some of the good be, uh, financial behaviors that. Uh, um, people I suppose can reinforce and um, some of the other bad ones that we didn't um, touch as yet. So
1: um, let's start with the bad ones. So since humans are emotional by nature, uh, there's a wide range of biases that do come up uh, every single day and multiple for a specific investor, um, for an individual investor as well. So it's difficult to pinpoint a single one if you're an investor or sitting outside. Uh, so what I've, I've found is the best way to limit these biases um, have been to be set clear goals uh, in your investment and build your strategy according to your end goal. And the clients that tend to have less uh, have set goals um, and know where they're going uh, with a clear path forward tend to experience a lot more, uh, a lot less emotional. Um, biases or behavioral biases uh, within the investing period so um, the, the basic discussion that uh, i think financial professionals need to to have with their clients are um, setting goals and building strategies and by doing this uh you are much much more likely to to experience less behavioral biases because you know we where you are going at the end of the day
0: Oh, so it kind of gives you uh, um, a map of of a
1: map that you need to follow, correct?
0: Yeah, you know, and what about some of the, the good behaviors that that you've seen um, over the past, especially post uh, um, the 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 COVID pandemic when it started?
1: So, uh, and I think we we need to attribute this uh, to to obviously the past uh, crashes that we've seen in the market is uh, Clients or investors are becoming more resilient, are more educated uh, with regards to if there's a downturn in the market, it almost always will recover. I think it always will recover. So clients just being honest with themselves and sticking it out uh, through the bad times um, typically see a much better result over the long period, over the long term. Um, Clients should be well aware of the different type of biases um, and clients that actually take the time and educate themselves on what they've done wrong in the past in order to avoid that in in the future have um, obviously been good behaviors that we, we want to try and reinforce throughout the market.
0: No, no, got you got you you know it's, uh, uh, um, you, you, you when when you were talking there, uh, um, it's it's funny that you also expressed the bias that the market will always recover um which which is very quite true it's very true that um, a market almost always um recovers it's, it's it's interesting that the biases are the things that put uh, put us into trouble and they're the same things that put us out of trouble at times
1: 100%. it's it's always difficult to distinguish why there is good behavior and bad, bad behavior because there, there is a fine line sometimes when it comes to that
0: yeah yeah the line can be uh, uh, very 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 thin um, so w- what is your your overall uh, approach to, to to the financial markets um, what are some of the things that you look for uh, um, when, when when investing your own money or investing clients' money?
1: Uh, the, the main focus I would have, especially for, for, for clients' funds, is first determining, um, obviously, the objective, then discussing uh, the different risks involved in the investment. Because um, obviously there are multiple types of risk that we can dive into as well. Um, and then setting a, a basically an achievable goal for the client and then maintaining uh, your investment strategy in order to achieve that goal and not chopping and changing every um, couple of months because you feel like you've done bad in this period. Um, if you have a clear set goal and you set it with your clients, you review your portfolio at least annually uh, with either your investment professional or you do it yourself, um, you're gonna have a much better experience within the markets uh, than most.
0: And oh, no, I got you. And what, what are some of your, your, your filter list when when looking at companies, particularly when looking at companies um, that make you uh, go further into the rabbit hole into the research of the company and, you know, some stocks like, OK, if, if it doesn't have these things, I'm not going to look any further.
1: So it, it's firstly, it's going to depend on the company, um, what sector that company is working in, where it generates its cash flows. Um, And then basically after you've determined that, you can set a a clear understanding of what you wanna look for within a company's financial statements, within the um, auditors reports and all that. So um, first have a clear distinguishing um, factors between what the companies in business are doing and are they generating uh, the revenue that you're looking for? Are they making the right investment decisions with regards to free cash flow? Um, and then ultimately looking at that specific company's peers as well. So you might see that a company is doing phenomenally well until um, so you go and look at their peers within the industry and they've been outperforming them since in the last 20 years, year on year, and then rather shifting your focus to, to the to, to, um, bigger, better company, if you want to think about it like that.
0: No, I no, got you. Got you. Got you. And uh, when it comes to, to, to risk management, how do you do you manage cuz I know uh, um you know at least even the perception of risk can be can vary from person to person. Some people looking at volatility as risk, some people looking at the the um the risk of losing money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How do you do you uh, look at risk and how do you communicate that with clients um when when structuring their portfolio? So risk
1: comes from, from two sides. So um, there's multiple risks involved in investing, but the, the, uh, determining your, your risk that you're willing to take comes from two sides. So first is your investment period, so the time you, you, you have to invest. And the second one is the fluctuations you are um, willing to experience throughout that period. Uh, you do get clients that are very emotional when a stock price goes down um specifically those two type of clients uh, even though they have a 10-year investment time horizon clients that are very emotional about a downturn in the market I would say going to more other uh, the big companies growth comp uh, um, growth stocks where the companies are already established um, so value equity in a sense and uh, the other one is, just basically maintaining uh, your goal throughout. And then diversification, which is ultimately the most important within um, portfolio management. Um, I always say we are risk managers in a sense as well, is diversifying your portfolio as much as possible. Um, so you can go through the business cycles and economic cycles and still be comfortable um, not experiencing major fluctuations within the market.
0: Oh no, got you, got you. And you know, um, diversification, especially for 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 long term holds, can play a uh, um, a dual role of capital protection, um, you know, against a, a single stock risk, or uh, it can also play a role of of um, you know, uh, you know, capital enhancement, um, you know, g- when when your your opportunities are more, are much more spread out. And how how do you decide the weighting? Um, in, in, in a portfolio such that it doesn't overly hurt um, the downside or the upside?
1: So there's uh, obviously two things you need to consider when it comes to well, more than two things. But uh, the two things I look at mostly is I don't want to be overweighted in a specific sector um, or company for that matter. And then ultimately, geographical diversification is also very important. Uh, a lot of investors tend to, to stick to uh, the countries they know, like the U.S. or South Africa. I think majority of, uh, of the listeners would be invested on the JSE. But there's a whole world um, of shares and stocks and other instruments out there. Uh, that you need to be willing uh, to go and research and look at diversifying from a geographical point of view, in order to get um, further diversification than just asset allocation.
0: i oh, no, got you, got you. Now, um, Vian, thank you very much, man, for taking your time. I uh, really appreciate it, man. Do you, do you, do you have any anything to add uh, around you know behavioral finance and 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 something other things that we didn't cover today?
1: So uh, just a last piece of advice that I think uh, to all the investors is obviously um, be mindful about the biases that are out there and what you can experience as an individual. Um, The best way to do this is to go and do your research um, into the different types of behavioral finances, uh, biases, and then educate yourself on self-diagnosis when it comes to this. And if you are unsure, there are investment professionals that are always more than happy to to just sit with you and discuss it, um, which can only be beneficial to a specific investor. Um, So I would just say always be be willing to sit with someone. Uh, You learn a lot more uh, sitting with a professional that can assist in diagnosis of uh, behavioral biases and just be mindful of them.
0: Uh, no, 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 cool stuff. And lastly, um, how do, 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 do people get hold of you if, if they have some follow-up questions, um, particularly around their the, the biases and if they want to follow you on social media and the like?
1: So there, there is... Um, I can share my contact details. I don't know if you uh, want to do it on air, but um, I'm more than happy to share my contact details. You can also go onto Momentum Securities website uh, you can just log into Google and type in momentum Securities and it will come on. Uh, all the contact information for our offices is on there as well and you're more than um, more than welcome to make contact with anybody in our team uh, that will be able to assist you or you can ask for me specifically.
0: Oh okay, and also your content is available on the Momentum Securities website.
1: Uh, so our client services contact details will be on there, and then if you contact them, uh, they'll share my contact details with you.
0: Okay, cool. No, thank you very much. Um, I'll, I'll leave the the uh, um, uh, the the piece that you wrote in the show notes below. It was a nice piece around. Um, uh, four biases, four main biases that, that investors find themselves in um, and how to overcome them and the like. I'll leave the leave those in the show notes. Vian, thank you very much, man, for taking the time. I really appreciate it, man.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate your talk.
0: That's it for the show this week. Be sure not to miss another episode of the Village Trader Podcast by subscribing on your favorite podcatcher. We're everywhere where good podcasts are aggregated. Do join Simon Simon, Brown and myself tonight as you this evening as you're listening um, at 5.30 uh on Zoom we'll do the follow the trader series. Uh, um, and do subscribe on the Viddish Trader website for some email alerts on the lazy alerts and shopping list and stocks in play and the like. Otherwise, we uh, thank you for your time and thank you for listening. Check you next time on the Viddish Trader. Cheers.